0: Welcome back to another episode of The Work Grid. I'm your host, Rob Ryan, and today we have a real treat for you. We're joined with Alyssa Hagen, the Director of Communications and Content at Encompass Health. Encompass is based in Birmingham, Alabama, and is one of the U.S.'s largest providers of post acute healthcare services. It operates across approximately 160 hospitals. And employs a staggering number of 36,000 people, 78% of whom are desolate workers. Alyssa is a master at not just communications, but also digital transformation. She's been pioneering in the areas of mobile app deployment uh, back when it was still the Wild West in 2015. And she's a pro at navigating the complex maze of SharePoint migrations, all this while creating harmony and collaboration between it and the business. So what can you expect to learn today? We're talking about creating that vital synergy between it internal comms, as well as your personas, unveiling the mystique around SharePoint migrations and updates and mastering the art of strategic alignment, and so much more. Trust me, you don't want to miss this episode as it's packed with actionable insights. So sit back, Relax, and let's dive right in. Hey, Alyssa, welcome to the Workgrid Podcast. Before we get started, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself and some of the work you've been doing over the, the last few years?
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I am the Director of Communications and Content at Encompass Health, which is the largest provider of inpatient rehabilitation services in the United States. I oversee internal communications, which entails connecting over 36,000 employees across approximately 160 hospitals to our company's strategy. So that could be anything from executive communications to supporting quality initiatives, IT, regulatory changes, employee engagement, annual benefits enrollment, you know the drill. My team's goal is to ensure employees have access to the information they need to do their jobs and feel part of the broader culture. We do this through a variety of channels, like an employee mobile app, and internet videos, and of course, email, just like everyone else. On the personal side, though I was born a Midwesterner, I currently live in Birmingham, Alabama, with my husband, our two young boys, and our geriatric, but very spunky, Australian Shepherd.
0: <laughs> I love those dogs. They're great. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate to be introduced to you back up- I want to say it was around this time last year at an Mm -hmm. Internet and Digital Workplace conference where I I got to hear your story regarding launching a mobile solution across various employee populations. And this was at a time where mobile solutions for comms, et cetera, were were actually cutting edge. I'd love for you to talk a bit about that work and that program? How did it get started? Some of the objectives and challenges, et cetera, because I think our listeners would find that of great value.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So we started that project back in 2015. Um, to your point, mobile apps were pretty cutting edge. I think we were one of the larger um, larger companies with the vendor that we had selected, but we got the green light to explore a mobile app, and our objective was communicating with our approximately 78% desk lists or just, you know, not really plugged in workforce. So that includes Mm -hmm. nurses, therapists, cooks, cleaners, you name it, the folks that are just not really sitting in front of a computer all day, or when they work in front of a computer, it may have been at a shared workspace um, or they're charting patient care needs. So um, that was was our goal and our challenge essentially then is, you know, how do we reach those employees with um, the information that they want, as well as when and where it is helpful to them to receive it. And then measurement, as everybody, you know, wants to make sure that if we're putting in this time and effort, can we measure how employees are interacting with the messaging? And then answering the what's in it for me question. Mm. Um, We were planning on and still to this day using a BYOD uh, process. So bring your own device, Um, because with, you know, over 30,000 employees, the company couldn't provide them for them. And, and sure. you know, you're not going to use that anyway. What is a nurse going to do with a company provided phone? And so like they just don't need it. And so we wanted to make sure that people would buy into it and, and want to download the app to their personal mm-hmm. device. On the security side, um, we couldn't connect to the company network with our mobile app. Um, or the intranet. And so we needed a way to authenticate employees as company employees to allow them to not only just access the general information that we were sharing, but information they wanted, like access to their basic paycheck info or benefits elections, things like that. So how do we overcome that? I think that's a, that's a really great question. So we brought in IT reps from the very beginning. I asked a lot of questions, especially when I encountered no's for the answers. I just kept asking questions. I wanted to make a point to educate myself on the basics of the barriers that IT was encountering, the systems that they used. Um, And I often had to say things like, excuse my ignorance, but, or can you please help me understand or, you know, is there anything else that we could try in this vein or that vein? You know, help me to get to what I'm trying to accomplish. And mm-hmm. in fact, at one point, our chief security officer at the time said to me, Alyssa, today it's a no, but at some point we will get you a yes. We're going to work toward getting you a yes. And that really stuck with me ever since on all projects that I work with my IT team on. And he's not even with our company anymore, That's great. but that philosophy Has just been ingrained in me that if I just keep asking questions, most likely they will help me find an answer, or I will truly understand the why behind the no, which is helpful for both accounts. Um, And then, you know, something silly, but I think it goes a long way. I baked cookies to show appreciation for these people. Um, You know, they're doing a lot on a lot of projects, they're stretched in a lot of directions, Um, but I knew that this was such a huge effort and something that the company hadn't. You know, done before. And so something as simple as, you know, saying thank you, baking some cookies, it was easy on my part and went a long way on theirs, I think. And then um, I kind of mentioned this a little bit with the BYOD process, but we knew that adoption would be a hill to climb. Mm. You know, it's something new, it's asking people to download something to their personal device. Why would I want communications from my company there as well as an email? I see the intranet, even if they don't access those things a lot. Why would they want this on their personal device? And so we worked through a regional approach with our uh, regional leaders and our hospital leaders to engage them as boots on the ground. They also had skin in the game with this too, because this was the first measurable communication tool that they would have. Um, And localized communication always comes up for improvement on our annual engagement surveys. So we knew that this would be a a hurdle, but still something that if we get the buy-in from those local leaders and they get excited about it, that the employees would then be excited to use it as well.
0: It's impressive. You know, there's a, there's a couple things here that I really enjoy. One is the, the why behind the no. And I actually have a ton of questions around really that sure. relationship building and that approach that you took between the business and IT, which... Sometimes we hear for digital workplace leaders, that ends up being contentious, where you were able to really build that bridge and appreciate where they yeah. sat, the work that they did. And I'd love to dig into that some more, but don't want to miss is the fact that the federated sponsorship with the hospital leaders to ensure that mm-hmm. adoption, tell me a bit more about that. Were they really modeling the way for employees, helping to share the value and, and spread the message on what's in it for them?
1: Yeah, so uh, we made sure with that regional rollout, so we had five or six regions of hospitals, operational regions of hospitals at the time. Mm-hmm. And so we worked with their regional leaders and then got the buy-in from them to then roll out one region at a time. Um, and so with that in mind, a key piece there that I don't wanna you know miss is it was just me at the time rolling this out company-wide. And so the thought of troubleshooting for 30,000 people all at once
0: yeah.
1: kind of made me want to vomit, right? Like that's too much. It's too much. And so we knew though that it would be beneficial to me on the rollout side, but then also if we were educating those hospital leaders one group at a time, so maybe we have, you know, 15 to 20 hospitals in a region, I can educate 50 to 20 people at once instead of, you know, a hundred and some at one time and asking all those questions. And That way, too, that smaller group could get more engaged because they would feel more comfortable asking questions on those trainings that we had, um, and then they could kind of make it their own. And so then with each region that we rolled out, the next region could ask questions of their colleagues in the previous regions, you know, so, um, and that is a, a huge thing that we do as a company anyway, we We kind of roll things out, piloted, and then can kind of earn and gain some best practices from others and then utilize those standards across all of our hospitals. And so this, we didn't want to make it any different. That's just what those leaders were used to. um, And so that helped us a lot. So once they were engaged and we could, you know, we gave them so many tools. We gave them uh, printable resources to put up posters in the hospitals and say, hey, here's when we're having our launch party for the app. Um, our app is called the hive. And so it's a, it's meant to be kind of a place buzzing with activity, just like our hospitals. And so we use that to our advantage because our hospitals love cheesy activities. It just Mm -hmm. gets people engaged. And so that we gave them ideas of, you know, hand out some lip balm and say, Hey, thanks for downloading the hive. You're the balm, you know, like beeswax lip balm, like that's fun. And then, um, you know, other ideas of here's how you can set up a communication plan. You know, we didn't want to lose that alongside the, The trail mixes with Honey Nut Cheerios and the lip balm and all the things that they were doing to just get people excited about it. Mm -hmm. We made sure they had tools to be strong communicators because at the end of the day, while our human resources directors were the ones responsible for this on the ground in those hospitals, they're not a communicator at heart. Some are better than others. Um, They have to wear that hat as the people people in the hospitals. Um, But We just wanted to make sure that they had the tools that they needed to roll that out and get employees excited about it.
0: Excellent. Excellent. I'd like to actually dig into some of that, you know, really building on the relationships piece, you know, and your story is kind of classic where you're the sole leader thrown into the jungle with a sharp stick Mm -hmm. telling you to, (laughs) okay, here's your objective, make it to the other side. And so you end up landing, having to really influence without that authority but you have to understand the culture, the risk, the technical mm-hmm. landscape. Tell me a bit about really the relationship building aspect of it about IT. You shared some anecdotes there. I love mm-hmm. them, but this is a key point that I think many digital workplace leaders, if they come at it, if they try to come at it from a resistance perspective, it yeah. guess what? It's going to come and resist them just the same exact right. strength and momentum. But you really, you really help to complement that activity. Tell me a bit more.
1: I can definitely answer that. So what I mentioned before about asking questions, I think is the biggest piece of advice that I can give, whether you're working with IT or any other group, just never take no for an answer. Again, like I said, until you get to the point where no is the only answer, but now you understand the why behind it. So as long as you're polite and respectful in the way that you're approaching it, making an effort to understand where they're coming from, the challenges they have, you know, that security team, at the end of the day, they're trying to mitigate threats on our organization, and especially healthcare. There are so many ransomware issues and and things that are going on in the industry that if I can better understand where they're coming from, and and not ignorant to the fact that all of this is, is, you know, their job and what they're trying to do when I'm trying to, you know, open up the network to something scary, uh, or different or new, if I can understand where they're coming from, that builds respect with those leaders, it really, truly does. Um, And so uh, that security team, for example, reviews every new technology request, every single vendor, Uh, they want to ensure that we're not being opened to any threats or risks. And if someone tells me that the vendor I've selected can't be supported by our existing protocols, Then I ask questions to see if there are workarounds. That's just the best advice that I can give. And so I've recently had to deal with this as we try to change our mobile app vendor. Um, And so it's just a process that you're going to go through. But as long as you're respectful, I think that makes a big difference. And then scratch their back too. Don't always be the person that's going to them for things. Um, So as communications, we support all aspects of the business to ensure that employees have what they need to take action or change behaviors that Various departments are asking of them. One of those departments is IT. And so I make sure that IT knows how we can support their challenges and initiatives I make sure that they know that we find that important and valuable for sharing with employees. And so when they come to us for messaging support, my team jumps into action right away. I make sure that they know, you know, if IT needs something, you need to be helpful to them right away. And so it's just that golden rule that we've all learned since kindergarten, right? Treat others the way that you wish to be treated um, yeah. because then at some point they may, you may need something else from them. They may need something from you and, and then you'll kind of you know know who to go to and, and who can help you. I, mean, I don't know about everybody else, but our IT team is you know almost 200 people. And so having having that knowledge of who can help with what scenarios and then who might need help from me, um, it just builds those relationships along the way.
0: They're indispensable. What are some of the the things you wish you knew when you were starting out? Like take your back, yourself back to 2015. Yeah. What's some of those key things you wish wish you would have known?
1: Just how long it takes for something to come to fruition. You know, and, and not just the building of something, right? I mean, that's like phase two or three is the actual building of whatever your product is or program is putting in the research behind it is it can take a while, but it is so worthwhile. Um, And, and it's just something that your efforts could fall flat. If you don't know what your stakeholders need, if you don't know what your employees actually need, you can build something, but then nobody's gonna, you know, nobody's gonna use it, And that's a waste of time and money.
0: Absolutely. I wanted to touch base on some of the initiatives that you you've been undergoing. So You've been involved in SharePoint upgrades, and this is a challenge for many digital workplace leaders. Can you share a bit of the insights that you've learned on this journey?
1: Yeah. And so I'd like to start kind of with the the research part of that, because again, just going off of what I just said, the we had to make sure before we could do anything and touch our, our SharePoint intranet, um, we had to make sure that our stakeholders bought into it. And so um, I made sure that we did some initial research with them and and just asking questions. Okay, hey, we are interested in changing the homepage. We were just going to tackle the homepage of the internet. The rest of it is giant. It's it's a cluster of things that have been built and rebuilt and mixed together and re-engineered. And so we thought, let's just start with the homepage. Um, and so I went to our chief medical officer, our SVP of operations, our leaders in nursing, therapy, uh, compliance, HR, IT, the people who had a vested interest in that homepage or had very key pieces on that homepage that they, you know, I knew they wouldn't want to go away. And so um, I sat down with all of them at once so that they would all kind of have the understanding of others and said, hey, we're doing this. What do you need out of this homepage? Tell me what you don't want to be removed. Tell me what's important to you. And so I did that, but then I also went and did some focus groups with um general employees in the field, nurses, therapists, you know, whoever it may be, and asked them certain questions like, you know, what do you go to the internet for? What are you accessing? Are you just going in to check your paycheck? Are you actually looking at the communications tools? Are you scrolling? Are you looking for learning and development activities? What are you using this for? Um, And so we got some really great insight from those groups. And then um, we were able to, from there, kind of build out a a mock-up of what that homepage would look like. And so after I had that mock-up, I went back to that stakeholder group of leaders and said, hey, based on your input and based on what our employees actually access and what they need, because at the end of the day, it's here to serve them. um, We want to get your information in front of them in the way that works for them. I showed them that mock-up and said, hey, here's where this is moving to. Here's you know, where your information is now going to live. This is what employees said was most important to them. And I didn't have any major issues or concerns because they felt like they were carried along the entire journey of, okay, this is the direction they're going. I feel confident in this. My stuff is still still there. They're gonna move it, but it's still there. It might actually be better. Um, and so that process, I think, is a, a really key thing. Again, it takes some time, Um, but it's a key piece of that. And then I would say too, I mean, we started with a vendor, we were going to have a vendor, um, pull everything together, design it for us, you know, work in conjunction with our IT team. But, um, we parted because it mutually was not going to work the way that they needed to, to do things. And then the way that our IT team needed things and, we actually were trying to support both an on-premise and a cloud environment, ah. which could be an entire conversation for another podcast. You know, I mean, that is it's a challenge, but it's what we were encountering and the, just the landscape that we had, you know, to walk through. And so with that in mind, then we went back and kind of had to tweak things and have our internal team pull it together. And it's taken a lot longer than I would have hoped. We're sitting at about twenty months now to change sure. the homepage of the intranet. But, but I do yeah. think we're doing it right. We've encountered some issues along the way with, you know, Microsoft services and support. You know, just with SharePoint limitations. I mean, there's always yeah. going to be that. Um, but I think we're in a really good place, and we should hopefully be launching by the end of the year, uh, two years later.
0: <laughs> and that time frame isn't isn't totally unforeseen. I I think there's many people who begin that journey thinking it's going to be a lot faster. And then they come to find out in terms of complexity, want, vision, no, it's going to be a lot longer, particularly with SharePoint as -hmm. a whole. Um, Going into it as you're going through that upgrade and understanding the balance and the success, one of the things I liked was the fact that you you got that buy-in early on. You brought people, they could bring their voice to the change event from leadership to the focus groups, whatnot. Um, and they felt heard. I, I think that oftentimes gets missed quite a bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something that that needs to be incorporated because if you're not getting that, especially early, you can build something beautiful. That is awesome. But if at the end of the day, your leaders or even your employees don't like it, aren't interested, don't get the point of what you're trying to do, it's dead in the water.
0: Absolutely. How are you planning on measuring success of the upgrade, the implementation both now and future states so that you can really show that delta of value?
1: Yeah. So our goal is to just finally have actual measurement of the homepage. We've been sitting on a really ancient uh, SharePoint environment and basically every time IT would turn on the analytics, it would Break everything. Um, It was just rough, yeah. So just having actual measurement of the page from engagement with our communications to where employees are clicking to get what they need, interactions with our applications. That's just we're excited about that in general, which is very basic. But as I talk with other people in the industry, I hear that you know a lot of people don't don't have that either, or in other channels don't have any any metrics. So we're looking at a good baseline here, which is great. And then we'll do a survey with staff after about four to six months to see how things are going, what challenges they may have. You know, are you missing something? Did we miss something that is now lost and you still need or, you know, whatever it may be, and then make any necessary tweaks from there.
0: When we look at the digital workplace landscape for communications, collaboration tools, et cetera, what are some of the other tools and platforms, aside from SharePoints, that You recommend for enhancing workplace communication, collaboration, because as we know, if we want to drive strategic alignment, communicate out to the masses, they might not live in SharePoint. They're going to be elsewhere. What has worked specifically for your culture and the employee personas you have, given the fact that so many are frontline?
1: Yeah. So I, I have to go back to what we started our conversation with. I highly recommend a mobile app, especially if you have a dispersed or deskless workforce you know nearly everyone has a smartphone we spend hours on it every single day so it's just a great place to reach folks where they are so long as your messaging and additional features provide value to them that is the key piece there and the goal is not to just dump your intranet onto their mobile devices right and some people you know say oh but my intranet is mobile yeah but that's overwhelming you know if you can pare it down and and get you know, just the key pieces that employees need, whether it's to view their paychecks or, you know, I, I need to schedule PTO or, you know, I want to shift swap with somebody. Those are such great tools um, that people just want quick access to. Um, and so make sure that that strategy of whatever direction you're going is about what they really need and not just you as the as the communicator, as the employer, as the company. That's important.
0: I was muted here when you were speaking to don't just simply drop the (laughs) intranet into a mobile app. And, uh, I wanted to yell hallelujah because (laughs) done a number of, uh, intranet implementations over the years. And sometimes you'd meet that we want the intranet in device. It's like, no, don't do that bad. (laughs) What what is the employee? What does that direct persona need? And it's so refreshing to hear that you had that stance right away to understand that, no, it has to meet the needs of the employee, of that persona. What what do they need? What are some of the strategies you use to help to really define and decide what tools? You you mentioned, look, this is going to take a lot longer. You have to engage your stakeholders. You have to understand the technology of what you're going to use as a part of the solutioning. Um, What are some of the strategies that you have helped to create that definition of, requirements, making sure that what you're going to deploy, well, this is going to at least match up what we need. And it does take time, as you said.
1: Yeah. So I would say two things. One, on the mobile app side, we did a design strategy session with some of those key stakeholders, Um, When we were getting our app going and deciding which features we wanted to use, we knew we wanted a communication feed. That was, you know, why communications was in charge of this project. Right. Um, But we had other stakeholders from HR or clinical or compliance who wanted, you know, other features in there. And so um, the design strategy session entailed, um, you know, everybody saying, what are the features that you want? We threw those all up on a board and then um we sat everybody down and said okay now you're all going to pair off into groups and you're going to create a persona of our various employees so we had a group that you know had the nancy nurse persona or terry therapist or calvin cook or you know holly housekeeper whatever it may be we said okay you need to think through a few key points what information do these people need to do their job? When can they actually access information to do their job because they're helping patients or cleaning patient rooms or serving food or whatever it may be? Um, what is their their best way to access that information? Do we think a mobile app is best? or is this person, you know if they were doing like a home office persona, is that person more likely to check their email? Probably, you know, those are the types of questions we wanted them to ask as they came up with their persona. Then everybody presented that to the entire group. So everyone had an understanding of the various types of employees that we have in our organization. And then we said, okay, now let's look back at our features list. And what we want you to do is vote on your top three items that you think are most beneficial for this tool. Vote as yourself. So Alyssa wants this, Susie wants that, whatever it looks like. Then we gave everybody a different color sticky and said, okay, now go vote with your sticky based on your persona. So if you represent Calvin Cook, what does Calvin Cook actually need? What does Nancy Nurse actually need? And so it was really great then to have everybody see in front of them, okay, here's our priorities. Here's the employees' priorities. Where can we meet in the middle? And also understanding that not every single feature needs to launch with this app. We wanted to create an MVP, just a minimally viable product because if it was too much we also knew that people would be overwhelmed they wouldn't download it it can't be everything for every single person um and so we made sure then that based on those features based on that exercise those leaders could see okay this makes sense the direction that you're now going because this is what we need and what employees need let's find a good happy medium for that mvp um and then i would say also i know we've talked about this a little bit but Ask employees what they need. So this could be for any tool that you're you're trying to research. You can do a channel or tool audit about what you currently have and work in some points about things you're considering to see how they might be perceived. So a simple survey, you know, I mean, we do a, a channel audit and just a communication audit every year now um implemented that a couple years back. We used to do it, you know, every 4 years or so, but everything moves so fast now and I don't think there's too much survey fatigue for this. We do get a good response. So just ask questions about, you know, how effective are the tools that we have, you know, if we had a mobile app, how likely would you be to use it or what features would you find most helpful. You know, those types of questions uh, can help you so much. And then the employees feel bought into it if you do launch a mobile app, you know, in, in a year or 18 months or whatever it may be. And also just give yourself some grace. We will never, ever be able to make everyone happy. Um, but having a general direction that the majority is bought into will, will really take you far.
0: Excellent. I, I love the sense-making story. They're really understanding the personas, having the buy-in for them to understand and select, and then seeing that patterning of cross of what ultimately the MVP could be. I mean, that's a slew of best practices in just a few minutes that you just outlined. That's great. Sure. What are some emerging trends in digital workplace solutions that you're most excited about?
1: Yeah, I would say, and and if you asked me this question two years ago, my answer would probably be different. But today, um, I would say an omni-channel platform. There are a few companies out there that are dedicated to internal comms specifically and they're doing their best to just make it easier for communicators to publish content across their various channels but also enhance the employees experience and and i think that is a, a key piece right we've talked about that make sure the employees get what they need you need to push information to them but if they aren't willing to absorb it then it's it's just noise um, so we're working on moving to one of these platforms. and if all the stars align, <laughs> um, I'm confident that it will just streamline how our team works. It will make things more efficient because we can publish from one platform instead of three or four. We can have various endpoints that that platform points to, whether it's you know pushing to a newsfeed on SharePoint, it can be our mobile app, it can push to Peoplesoft or Oracle, um, which is really great. Um, and then that allows, Uh, employees to digest the information in ways that work best for them in the platform that works best for them. Um, And so just moving to even more employee centric comms and that type of model is, is a big deal in the current work environment. Mm -hmm. Put the employees first. What do they need? Where do they want to access the information?
0: Yeah. It's great to see it's great to see the the separation of those tools, the omni-channel for communicators separating out from the internet. You see some internet best of breed players out there sure. trying to play in that space, but they just don't do it right where others okay. have been, you know what, we're leaning in that direction as a market that's going to be our core audience and buyer persona, and they're starting to take some, some leaps in terms of innovation, of how to get really communicate as my buyer, Ultimately, we want to be able to communicate across different personas, masses, and measure engagement. It's great to see that, particularly since the internet market has been frozen in this you know, choppy state of everyone kind of doing the same thing and whatnot. So this is a good separation. Mm-hmm. Um, any final thoughts or key takeaways that you'd like to share with our audience and digital workplace leaders that they can take with them?
1: Yeah, I would say don't take no for an answer seriously, until you've exhausted all of your options. Uh, so in my experience, there's there's typically always a way. It may take extra time or a few extra dollars, uh, but if you believe in the potential impact, of the ROI that your technology or your initiative is going to provide, it's probably worth it. So just don't take no for an answer.
0: Love it. Alyssa, this has been an episode chock full of best practices and so happy you came on the WorkGrid today. We appreciate your time.
1: Thank you so much.